This podcast is brought to you by BeatStars, the number one marketplace to buy and sell beats. In this episode, our host DJ Payne One sits down with music producer Big Bird to discuss what it takes to make it big in the music industry. To our pro page users, don't forget to check out our opportunities and challenges on BeatStars World for a chance to work with some of the industry's best creators. If you're not a pro page member, but would like to try it out, use the code PODCAST for a 30-day free trial. And of course, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Enjoy the show. It'll work out. Okay, cool. I just did that, and it's working out. Okay, cool. So, number one, appreciate you for for coming through and um, taking the time to have this conversation with me. Hope everything is going well with you. I know there's a lot of of craziness going on. Um, I did check your Instagram recently. I'm like, do I do I talk about the whole beef situation? Because it seems like you know you're kind of playing it professional, and then I looked, and it's like. Just a roast fest. <laughs> like I guess it's fair game. Yeah, no, it's all it's all good, man. Uh, well, I definitely want to talk about, um, you know, more more uh, substances stuff with, with regards to your journey. And and um, before I start, I just want to say that the limits record that that you guys put out is is crazy. Um, and everybody, once you're done with this interview, everybody go on YouTube and look up limits um by brown boys because I, I personally never heard a song like limits even if you compare it to to modern day punjabi artists either from india or from the americas how would you describe your production style if you had to um it's pretty much been like kind of the same since i started back in let's say like 2007 my style is more so of a darker sound more bass heavy um sometimes a little sample based i like sampling sometimes but um it's it's, it's more more of that i would say vibe is more of a darker vibe if i had to in simple terms you know what i mean so that that's that's what i would say more bass heavy darker and I, I forget, are you on on FL uh, still? Um, no, nah, I dropped that a while ago. What are you? What DAW are you using now? Uh, right now I'm using Cubase. Cubase. So you went back to the old school DAW. I mean, I wouldn't say it's old school, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it, it works. It works better just because, like. I don't want to be making a beat in FL, and then I, I know you can record vocals in FL, but for me, I just like everything in one spot. So for me, Cubase is where I can do the production and the vocals, the mixing, everything on one. Just it's it's easier to like export files like in one shot. You know what I mean? I know you can do the same in FL, but I felt like. Say, for instance, if you're missing a VST or, a, or something, something, it gives you problems every time you open up. Oh, I can't find this. Or where is this missing? Or something gets misplaced. With Cubase, I never had any issue if I open up the file like two years later. That's that's dope. I actually really didn't expect you to say that. And, I mean, I use acids, so I, I, 
I feel like. <laughs> say what? Yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, well, I think Cubase Cubase is more like the OG DAW more so than the old school DAW, and and Acid I guess was kind of around at the same time. I think Cubase predated it because Cubase was seen more as a professional DAW because of all of its MIDI capabilities and and audio capabilities and this and that but um that's crazy yeah because uh, i think a lot of people don't even think to go towards um these grid uh based daws like uh pro tools or cubase or um i guess acid to to for beat making right right um i mean just because you know what it was like when I started earlier on, like I used FL, I used Reason a little bit as well. And then I also had something called Nuendo, which is like, I guess, uh, the more video side of it. But it, it was the same thing as Cubase, the same layout and everything. But I guess it more had like video editing capabilities, right? So, I mean, I never used those two things, but I was just familiar with Nuendo from the beginning. So for me to ease into Cubase, it just made more sense. I feel like it's more powerful uh, as a DAW compared to FL for me. So are you doing a lot of um, recording and mixing of, of vocals as well as beats? Exactly. exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just like an all-in-one. I, I can make the beat. I, um, I can have the vocals recorded directly into the software i can do all the mixing and everything like it can handle a lot more whereas i felt like with fl it, it started like crapping out and just to record vocals which i have done in fl i just found it a little bit more tedious and it's like bring up the sampler have it and then drag and drop that vocal into the you know where, where you loop uh the pattern and stuff so i'm like I mean, why yeah, i just i just want to get to it you know what i mean do you have any favorite uh, VSTs that you use? Yeah. Um, my go-to is Nexus. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nexus, Contact. Um, Omnisphere is good for some sounds. Um, yeah, I would say, like, Nexus is, like, my go-to right off the bat. So I know we used to talk and interact on Twitter years ago. I think we started back in like 2010, maybe. And I think we were in initially really similar positions in the sense that we were both chasing industry placements, doing label runs, that kind of thing. Um, and around that time, you linked with French Montana and, and did, I want to say, at least one record, maybe more with him. How did how did that happen? Um. So pretty much like how I think it works in any circumstances is like you got to know somebody that knows somebody, right? Because I was looking through your Twitter and I also see like the same situations where like people are having this hard time of just because, you know, since when since 2010, the, the amount of producers that have been, you know, coming out since the past 10 years or, or longer like everybody just fighting for that that placement or like just sending out emails of beats to this producer. I mean this artist, this artist, not knowing like if it's the right email or not. But 
It might be an expired old email. So it's like you get lost in the shuffle, right? So I feel like I think we're going to touch upon this later on as well. But the best way is like you know somebody that knows them, right? So that's how it happened is that I, I had a, a mutual friend that knew Chinks and knew French. So he heard of my production and then he kind of, you know, showed them my work. And then that's how uh, Chinks and French reached out, you know, telling them to send them like a folder full of beats. Like, you know, and I, I'm in talk with French even to like today, you know what I mean? So we're still working, you know what I mean? So that, that's how that happened. Just knowing somebody that knows them. And at at that time when you were working with with French Montana, was there a big Punjabi rap scene in, in Toronto? Nah, man, nah. I would say this this whole vibe or genre started, I would say about three four years ago. Yeah, I would say like 2015, 2016 is like when this, you know, this this style of Punjabi hip hop. In, in Canada, st- like, really, like, made noise. You know what I mean? So so around that time, were you working with a lot of unsigned artists or were you mostly focused on, on major placements and, and breaking into the, um, the United States uh, music scene? Um, yeah, I mean... The thing that I feel like worked the way did work the best for me was uh, having your home, your own like homegrown team, right? So I always had my boy or or like uh, Sonny Malton. He's also a rapper, part of Brown Boys. You know, we 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 run Brown Boys together, and uh, I linked up with him pretty early on. I would say, yeah, we linked up probably around 2005, 2006, something like that. So I feel like that's like the main, the main thing is just having like a solid team that like you stick by and you delegate, delegate certain things for them to take care of or, or whatnot. Right. So I was definitely more focused, like after realizing that like, after French Montana, like I had a couple other placements, but I, I found that it was more difficult to like reach out to these artists or get to them just because they're in a different country or maybe I don't have the direct link to them. You know what I mean? So it makes it difficult because like I said earlier, like everybody I think is pretty much just making beats and just sending like emails probably like every five minutes, like of beats to this artist, that artist, not like I said, not knowing if the, it's the right email or, or whatnot, whatnot, right? So I felt like the once once I realized that, like, yo, this is not gonna really work. Just you know, like trying to get being being heard or whatnot, right? So it's it's better to have your own team and kind of build from like the ground up. You know what I mean? So have having Sunny rap on my beats, doing videos ourselves, YouTube is there. Like you have all the necessary like the necessary tools for you to get heard and be heard. So everything's at your disposal. It's just you gotta kind of have a ear for it and know like what kind of like what the people want or what kind of what are they looking for and try to give them that. You know what I mean? Try to capture that. So I felt like it was a slow process for sure, but definitely I think for me working with like local artists is what also helped elevate everything else. 
So you started working with with Sonny on kind of a rapper producer basis. How did that evolve into you and him forming um, Brown Boys? Um, Brown Boys. That something we had like a, a different team name before, and we had a couple other different um, artists that that we were trying to, you know, have like a little like a like a little crew, I guess you can say. Um, but you know, after. Sometimes, like, everybody in the group, sometimes when they don't share the same vision, like, somebody wants to do something else and somebody else wants to do something else, like, they're not on the same page with things. So, it just came down to just me and Sonny, like, thinking about, like, rebranding ourselves and, like, starting over again. So, we had a lot of, like, restarts. Like, we'd be doing something, doing something, but we felt like, okay, that wasn't working, but we went back to square one. Let, let's see, like, let's try something else. You know what I mean? So I think this was around 20, late 2013, 2014, where me and him are just chilling at my crib. And uh, so in Canada, our highest denomination, like, dollar bill is a $100 bill, and the color is brown. So we always had this, like, go-getter uh, mind, like, mentality, you want to call it, just, like, just being, like, hustlers. So what's the objective is to get money you know what i'm saying so like that's and then in the street so when you had a lot of hundred dollar bills it was called brown boys so it kind of worked both ways because me and him are both brown we're punjabi uh we want to rep for our culture right like being in in toronto canada brampton so we wanted to rep for that so it kind of made sense that we, we we run with like brown boys as the name and the kind of brand off of that with clothing with merch and just putting that like as a tagline in the songs whenever we dropped them you know what i mean like because the thing is early on i knew from like high school like how important branding was and how to like market yourself and to get to people's attention you know what i mean so we kind of use all these different different tactics to kind of like like because in the beginning my, my mindset was i'm like i'm not stopping until like the whole world like knows who we are you know what i mean like i had that set out so we we came up with brown boys as the name around 2013 2014 and then we kind of just I, I i designed that guy and it was kind of like also a playoff of like coke boys with french in them but it kind of just made sense with brown boys right just just taking it to like a a whole different market a whole different you know what i mean so yeah kind of just ran with that so you designed the logo as well yeah 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 like Photoshop, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're not just producing music for Brown Boys. You're taking. You're a, you're a leader in the in the company. You founded it right. or co-founded it, and so you're you're yeah. also co-running it. Um, what was it yeah. like then transitioning? So now you go from shopping records to to labels and to artists that you know are in another country. Um, to having your own label what was what was it like having more control over your music and the and the um i guess the direction of of the music the release dates and all that now that you're running a label right um i mean it's a blessing just because like i felt like yeah i'm like i'm a good team player but just from the beginning i just always felt like i just know what I got to do and I, and I, I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. Right. So 
like I'm very good at self-teaching myself. Like I didn't take no courses for Photoshop or or like even music production. It was all just like self-taught and just like that's what I'm saying. Like once you have that drive of you know telling yourself and trying to proving it to yourself that like I'm not stopping for nothing. Like you know what I mean? Like like you'll do whatever. You take the initiative to learn it like trial and error trial and error you know what i mean so like for me being able to have like me and sunny to be able to have like full control of how we want to work how we want to move when we want to release something like it, it, it it's 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 like satisfying you know what i mean it's like it, it's like what like what anybody would want really you know what i mean instead of not knowing or you know like for example like we were like talking earlier, like just sending beats out and not knowing if if the artist heard them or not, and just being this this like uncertainty for me and him is like something that we couldn't deal with, you know, being uncertain. So this way, you know, you're doing everything yourself, so there's a, there's all the certainties there because you're handling all every aspect from A to Z. You know what I mean? How we're shooting the video, how we're moving in the in the video, where we're releasing it, how we're releasing it. You know what I mean? What like what merch are we wearing in it? Like you know, it, it all ties in. Okay, so what was the moment when you realized, all right, this is working? Brown Boys is making the kind of impact that that I want it to make, and we need to just keep going with this. I mean, we're we're in a position where we know that this is this is our time, right? I would say that was probably like I, I would say around 2016 because I, I've been producing since like I said 20, 2006 2007 just starting out right but I would say it took literally like 10 years for me to be like okay because obviously I had like other like I have a like I had another career too which was like in architecture so I did schooling um you know, using AutoCAD and all this kind of stuff to design stuff, right? So that was my 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 backbone in, in schooling was architecture. So I always did that, and I had a job, like a career in my field for like a couple of years. But music was always after I come back from work, like I'm going, I'm doing my music, or what? What it was always music as a secondary thing, more of a hobby. But I would say in 2016 when I told myself, you know what, it's this or nothing, right? Because I was always, like, juggling both, like, fields, right? Working, hustling, doing my thing, and then music, right? But when I told myself, like, 2016, like, yo, it's it's all or nothing. So that's when I felt like everything started, like, elevating for all of us. So I had, like, 100% attention into music, and it was something I would do from literally when I woke up to, like, late 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 at night like three or four in the morning you know what i mean it'll be like a all day it's like a, a full-out business you know what i mean like you have to have that business mentality like there's no sleep you know what i mean so in 2016 is when that kind of turned and and i took that approach that i'm gonna take what i learned in the hip-hop industry making beats the way that i do and bringing it to like my culture like punjabi in the punjabi india market and started working with like local talents from here. And I would say everything also, like Sidhu, I would say also helped to elevate our brand because it was that one song that we did 
Um, so high. So high. Hold on, I don't want to mess up the date because I'm I'm never good with dates. One second. I want to see when we released that. That was. It was twenty. I know it was twenty seventeen. I don't know the 20, exact yeah. date. So yeah, so from twenty sixteen, having that mentality of it's all or nothing, and then when we dropped this track in twenty seventeen, is where everything just escalated. Cause even in that, we had that I'm a, I'm a brown boy tag in there. Um, we had such a different look for, for the people living in India. Um, it was something so different and so new to them that, and, and the thing was like the song was really catchy, the musically, like the, the vocals were good, like lyrics were good, like everything, like it just worked. I guess it was that perfect timing moment for me that like from there, just everything just went crazy. It, it was like a viral, viral song for like so many years. You know what I mean? So at that yeah, point, I think it's time, still get, it still has momentum right now. I mean, people. Yeah, how it's many? Still, it's like two hundred and fifty million YouTube views or something ridiculous. It, it's like three hundred right now. Three hundred million. Damn. Yeah. So it, it, it's just I get yo honestly, bro. It's just it, everything's just timing, right? You just gotta. We don't. You don't know when the timing is gonna be, but you just gotta keep. You gotta keep clawing away at it. You know what I mean? And it's just this just work right and then from this we did we gave like back to back to back hits like like no song with this like what to do like flop wasn't even like the word that could be put in the sentence you know what i mean like it was just hit after hit after hit like for three straight consecutive years from 2017 to up until recently you know what i mean so i i did about 16, 17, maybe 18 some songs with uh, Sidhu and like all of them went crazy. So it was this momentum that elevated everything. So in 2016, it wasn't like you hit some financial benchmark. It wasn't like you looked at your bank account and you're like, oh, wow, I just made six figures off music. I can quit my job. It was more of a mental uh, change that you made. Yeah, hundred percent. It was like the money's always been good, just because, like I said, we have that hustler mentality that we gotta go and get it. Whether you gotta work nine to five or you do like your side hustles, your business, you know what I mean. So it's like the money was never the issue. It was just having that mentality of I gotta go and get it. Like if this is what I really want, I gotta put my all into it, and I can't focus on other things. You know what I mean? So definitely. So then when So High happened, here, here's my question. How did that relationship even start? How, because Sidhu is not a Canadian uh, citizen. He's he's from India and he came over, or, or I guess maybe I don't know all the ins and outs, but somehow he, he comes to Canada, the Brown Boys relationship starts, and it seems like everybody just benefited from that. Right, so... So it's not like see a lot of people have this like misconception that that oh like like you know like the the, the haters I guess you want to call it like oh nobody knew you before Sid dude you know whatever they want to say but like me like I said in 2014 is when we started Brown Boys and we've been pumping Brown Boys like ever since right so and now in 2016 um is like when our our venture 
uh, started, like I'll say late 2016, uh, with Sidhu. So, um, sorry, my bad. What was the, what was the question again? Uh, sorry, I guess just how did that relationship even start? Given oh, right, that right, right. everyone's from a different uh, yeah. continent. So he, yeah, so he he's from Punjab, and I guess from what he had told me initially was that he heard my music, my beats in India, because like from the placements of French and me being Punjabi, and it wasn't like a common thing where like an Indian Punjabi producer is working with, you know, uh, with French and you know whoever else like you know the mainstream uh, the American hip hop lane. So that's how my name even initially got buzzing from from that time. Like oh. Because, you know, our community is so huge, like, word gets around, like, oh, you hear this Indian kid from Canada produce, you know, for French, like, and, and the record was was hot, you know what I mean? So, um, from that, I guess, like, he had heard my music, so then he had uh, messaged me on Facebook, actually, like, in my uh, inbox, like, my DM in, in Facebook saying, you know, hey, bro, like, um, I love your beats. Like, uh, can, like I want to do a song with you. Can I come by the studio? So then I had hit him back saying, you know, here's my manager's number, hit him up. And then, you know, we'll, we'll link up. So that's what, what happened. So my manager hit him up, talked to him, brought him to the studio. And from, from the jump, like, I guess like he already had this record, like the so high record in his, like he already, he already, he already had it written out. Like it was, he's like, bro, I'm doing this song. Like I want to do, these are the lyrics. And like, he, he just sang it for me acapella and I was listening to it. And I was like, yeah, that's, you know, like, I didn't really make too much of it. I'm like, yeah, cool. Don't worry. Like, you know, we, we can do the song for sure. And then we discussed like pricing, right? Cause that's the, the, that's the difference. Like how it works over here is like, usually like on the hip hop side, I guess it's like, if you're a beat maker, you, you know, you're just, you're making beats for potential artists, not knowing who, like, maybe you have an artist in mind that, oh, I want, like, Lil Baby on this, or I want Future on this, or whoever, right? So you cater kind of to what they want, but on this side, I, I heard the vocals first, he sang them to me, and then at that moment, I didn't know what I was doing or what I was making for the music, but I heard it, and then one thing he had, had told me was, hey, bro, like, uh, can you can you make this like an anthem track? It has to be sounding like an anthem. I said, okay, don't worry. Like, no worries. I got you. Like, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And then, uh, so what we what we did was we got in the booth and I played a little, like, dummy, I guess, little loop or something, right? Like a clicker or something. And he had laid down the lyrics, like the vocals. And then all I had was now the vocals. And then I, which... This is the same way that works on majority of the Punjabi songs that I've done and other people do is we get the vocals and I cater the music around to the vocals. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I made the vibe according to like what I envisioned, like from what I was hearing of what he was talking about in the song. You know what I mean? So real quick, we have some questions coming in um, from the chat. Gers wants to ask, you know, basically, it's it's publicized that there was a split between um, both parties, and the question is, you know, what what's the future for Brown Boys moving forward? I mean, you have a a, a bunch of crazy artists. I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'm like I said, I'm a fan of the Limits record quite a bit, and that's that's Big Boy Deep and um. Sunday yeah, shout out to Big Boy Deep. You know what I mean? 
Um, the future, like, we're just going to keep getting it, right? Like, there's so much other new talent out there, like hidden gems in India or in, in Canada, right? Um, most of, like, there's a lot of students that are, that have been coming from India, you know, uh, on a study basis that have like crazy vocals, crazy lyrical talent. You know what I mean? Like everything just takes time. So, um, I like, like I, Big Boy Deep is another one of our artists that I work closely with that we have probably like another 10, 15 tracks ready to be released. So we're just making a game plan on how we want to release everything. Um, and like we're just gonna keep moving. Like whoever wants to work, like you know, like you know, what I mean, we're here, so we're we're not stopping. You know, what I mean, like you know, that was that was like a a good three year chapter. You know what I mean? Now it's time to move on to you know other things. Okay, so back back to branding, and you you brought up that in high school you knew branding was important. We have a lot of your fans in here. Shout out to Gersh, and then um, who else? I I posted it. Someone said, uh, yeah, Big Bird is hands down the best producer in the game. So, and then and then of course there are a bunch of people in the in the comments typing, "I'm a, I'm a brown boy." Um, so if anyone's even heard one song, even if it's just the first thirty seconds of a of a song that you produce, they probably know where that's from. Right. Um, and it's you know it's the tags, it's the the shout outs on the songs, it's the chain, and you're wearing it right now. It's the hat. You got the cartoon versions of yourself with the with the white streak in your beard. Um, right. It's the merchandise. It's the intro of the video, the 3D um, Brown Boys logo. Yeah. A lot of people don't stop to consider the thought that goes into branding, um, whether it's a recording artist, whether it's a producer. How how much planning and thought did you and Sonny and whoever else was a part of the team at, at the time? How much how much thought and energy did you put into planning to the T the Brown Boys identity visually, sonically, everything? Um, planning wise, like it wasn't something that we 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 per se like had written down, but it was something that like I could say me growing up, uh, being a fan of Diplomats, Dipset, um, you know Cameron, Jewel, like. Jim Jones, like these are the people that I was idolizing when I was like younger in in high school, and just seeing how the importance of how like how, how you dress, like how you present yourself in pictures or in videos, like like we all know, like they they change the game. They, they're they're trendsetters, like fashion, like with the fashion and everything. Like you know, what I mean, I spoke about this in another interview too, where. You know, if it wasn't for Cameron rocking that pink, that pink fur, you know, the purple, like normally these kind of colors are, are are more like feminine like colors, but he made it cool to to rock this, you know what I mean? And and then it was just like a whole wave of like every everybody was rocking pink, you know what I mean? So so to have this impact, like I was I guess I was just learning just watching them evolve from where they started, you know what I mean? Just and, and, and it was the music as well for for me, like Heat Makers, Just Blaze, like these were like the guys I was listening to. You know what I mean? That helped influence me and my sound. I would say, right? So it wasn't like a written down thing. It was kind of more like an innate thing. It's like I kind of just knew, like the, the 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 steps I had to take. You know, it wasn't just like a one shot thing. It was like, okay, first let's create the name that 
You know, like people be like, oh, what, what's this brown boys? Like, oh, OK, it's probably like an Indian thing, you know, oh, brown skin, like, you know, like. But the people didn't know, like, it was because there's our fans and our fan base is like worldwide. So this is this was just more of like where we were from in Canada. So to start with, they, that was just a blessing in itself that our, our hundred dollar bills are brown. Right. So just. Tying all that in and just coming out with like a with the logo something that like everybody can make it like it's their own thing. You know what I mean? It has to be something that's relatable to the people, which you can't be just some random thing. Like no one's gonna rep something that they can't relate to or proudly be like, yeah, I'm a brown boy too. Like you know what I mean? Because I felt like at those times it was it died down as well. But me growing up when I was like little little, like there was still a lot of racism and stuff like that being you know called packy this or curry that you know what i'm saying like for me that 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 shit is what got me being like yo like we gotta do something about this you know what i mean i don't know what per se but this is something like i gotta help change the mentality of these people because you know like we're not like whatever these uh cartoons like simpsons or whatever these guys make out make us out to be like you know we're it's not who we are, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they do all these stereotypes and stuff. So for me, it just kind of like, I, I guess it was like God's plan. I guess like, it was just like, it just, everything just came together to like break that barrier. Like I remember in high school, it wasn't, it was de- the racism to Indian people was definitely dying down, but I got it pretty bad when I was like in elementary and like, I'm talking like young, young times, you know, but I wanted to do something for like our community, our people that that could they could be part of something and they could rep it proudly. You know what I mean? So that brown boys thing just kind of works. So starting with the logo, um, the tag, I'm a, I'm a brown boy. Like when we do shows and stuff like that, like we'll be like you know when the song starts, like you can cut the beat and the whole crowd will be going, oh, I'm a I'm a you know brown boy. Like it's it was crazy. Like so just having that. And me being being proud of that is is, is just what drove everything, kind of like just put everything into place. You know what I mean? Just knowing where it it started from and what it where it's at now. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, it's still evolving. But if I am partially or 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 some sort of influence towards like making like brown people like cool or you know what I mean? Like that's like a proud moment for me. Like aside from being a producer. So the the title of this session today um, had the had the word super producer in it, and I refer to you as a super producer because you're the face and the sound of a movement, um, and that's not a term I use lightly. And you're not hiding behind beats. So, for example, in the So High video, which was you know really like your first viral record. Um, your name is in the title. The beat starts with your tag. You're shouting yourself out. You know your your voice is on the record. Um, you're in the music yeah. video a lot. Your tag plays like five more times. I mean, it, I did that perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so here's my question. So what do you, what do you do? And you do this consistently, and that's I think why you're such a force and why you're such an influence. So what advice do you give? producers who want to be featured prominently in the songs that they produce so they can really brand themselves and and step outside of playing the background and and really become their own entity, really become their own brand in in music. 
the advice um, I would give is truly and honestly, you just really got to be yourself. You know what I mean? Like, like the way that I am today is this like the same way the dress wise or whatever, like since high school, just because of my influences were, like I said, dipset diplomats, like, you know, growing up, listening to them, watching them. So I, I, I took that on, you know what I mean? Like I got influenced from them. So the main thing is, you know, you definitely got to be yourself. You definitely try to be creative. Um, and I know a lot of times, like it gets kind of weird when like, like you're an unknown producer and sometimes, like, the artists, like, they don't want to give you any, like, they don't want to take shine away from themselves and to give it to the producer. You, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to almost, like, um, like, brand yourself in a way that you, you, you got to you gotta get it on your own first, right? You got to prove it to, to everybody and yourself first, like, where people want to put you, like, yo, I because now, for me, it's like, they... It, it got to a point now where it's like they need me. They, they they want me in the video. You know what I mean? It's up to me if I want to be in it or not. But it's like, no, we, we need you in the video. You know what I mean? And this wasn't like a common practice. Like it was, every you know, the focus was always about the artist, right? So it, it, it got like that just because of the momentum, the, the, the drive that we had and every little thing that we did along the way. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's like... It, it, it gets kind of tricky, but it's like you you, you got to find a way to like get it on your own first, right? Like maybe working with like a, a talent that that's from your city and, and working with them and you guys collaborating and and making the video together. You know what I mean? Just I would say that's probably the best way. And then using your the quality of your music to elevate yourself. You know what I mean? Where people come to you saying not only do I want your music, but I, I want you to be part of my, my video. Like I need your, your face, your, your face has value. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll draw your fans as well. Right. So it's like, it's not going to be an overnight thing, but it's, it's a slow grind. Like for me, like I said, for me, it took like 10 years, literally 10 years. And I like, I'm, I'm still going, I'm still learning. You know what I mean? So that that's probably my 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 best advice. So there are a lot of ways um, now more than ever now more than when we were first getting our first placements um, to make money as a producer. There are so many new revenue streams. Um, what are what are some of the main ways you make money as a producer today that aren't just you know getting an advance for selling a beat? Um. Other ways, oh yeah, so pretty much like because we're like the the record label, so whenever we we put out like our own tracks with Big Boy Deep or whichever, or if somebody wants to use our platform to, because our I believe we have, let's see, one second, I believe, yeah, so we have like about two hundred and fifty thousand like YouTube like subscribers on our channel. So that in itself like could help potentially like a new artist like propel them forward. So once we uh, get, have the like the project done and they want to release to our record label, um, we 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 make money through like streaming royalties right through all like you know Spotify, the, uh, iTunes, and such like that, and. 
when when it's our own artist, like this this was a main thing. Like me and Sonny's mentality was always, you know, like if we're getting money, like we gotta break bread with the rest of the the, the team, whether it's the artist, whether it's whoever. So having that kind of energy is I think what helps everybody like stick together and have the same vision. You know what I mean? Because like you probably know too, like everybody's gotten snaked for money here, left, right, and center. Like I was just, I just didn't even want to get into that with like all these other labels, which I have dealt with them. But like, I just seen you tweet the other day, like, you know, like it's like, they'll do anything and everything for them not to pay you. And this goes across the board, whether you're a, a big record label in America or Canada or India, like, they don't want to give you what you want, you know. They're obviously they're, they're gonna try to undercut you. They're gonna try to do this, that. But it's like, I think the best way is because you have all the tools. You have the distro kids. You have Tune Core CD Baby. You have all the tools you need to make. Main thing is you gotta make a good product. Like the product, end of the day, don't just slap something together. Like yo, you you gotta sit on it. You gotta put your all into it, and you know, and and you have all the tools to get it out there, right? So. Other than like advancements and stuff, but yeah, definitely like streaming the soul cans, the ass caps, like you know, from from all the work that we do, right? So there's associations out there that um also give you money for the work that you do, right? So those those are some other avenues as well. So let's let's talk um labels. I know we have a couple questions coming and that I'll try to remember uh, to ask you after this, but you know, you did do a lot of work independently. You continue to do a lot of work independently, but you also had records on majors and kind of like the major of all majors is T-Series. Uh, T-Series is a label um, that's actually the most subscribed channel on YouTube, period, just ever. And right. they own 35% of the total Indian music market, which is huge. They're the largest Indian music label um, I, I work with some Indian artists, and the business is very different there. Right. From the publishing breakdowns to the money that you get to ownership to intellectual property laws, it's just it's different. What was it like working with a label that big and in a foreign market? Uh, man, it's, it's like it's not it's never easy, but um, if if you have a name for yourself, like. It gets a little bit easier. So, I mean, the transaction was actually not too, like, complex, right? Um, so, obviously, how these labels work is once, you know, you have, um, like, so, so for instance, say the artist that you're working with has a contractual relationship with that label. They have their own agreement. I'm just coming in to produce the music for them, right? So, they're going to pay me, like, a lump sum of what i want right and they'll send me the contract the it's called the noc i'll sign that off like once i get my payment and from after that now it's the artist and now the label like i did my part and now like unless they need me for like a video or something but i did my part and now like i'll just do my like i'll move on from that project and now the artist is gonna go and do the video and they'll have their I guess the label will pay the budget for the video. Like everybody's contract or relationship is different. Like, like how big you are, you get different like perks and stuff like that. So it, for me, it was a pretty easy process, you know, 
I did my music. I got everything done. Here you go. I'll sign the contract. Like, so I'm, I'm giving up my, my rights that like, okay, you guys own this song now. And so pretty much they're paying you the lump sum so that they can obviously take the streaming and everything Like they own all of that. You know what I mean? But thing is, regardless of them being in another continent or different country, like, I still did my work. Like, I know this is going to get kind of confusing and complicated, but I'm doing my work in Canada, right? So, Soul Can still applies to me, whether I give that away or sign that off or not. Like, I still let them know this is the pro- this is another song that I've done. You know what I mean? So, it gets kind of tricky and stuff like that, but it, it was pretty easy, like, in that sense, just because I, I have a name. You know what I mean? They okay, weren't like so T Series took your your ownership in Indian territories, right? And in in Canadian in, in Canadian territories, you still maintain right, your, yeah. your share. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because that was always my my uh, struggle with working with a lot of the Indian labels was that, and it's not just India; it's a, it's a lot of different countries. Um, Right. That just have different standards where, yeah, they might pay you a higher advance because, you know, like in the United States, you might get five, ten, fifteen thousand for a beat out there. You might get twenty, twenty five, but that's it. <laughs> I mean, there goes right. your ownership. So um, and that's if you have a name. And so it's it's just it's different. And it's um, it's one of those things that's so long established that artists have to find other avenues to to create um, income for themselves. I mean, now I don't know how it is with, with, uh, touring restrictions and so forth, but yeah, all that Our, our we had shows that right before that like, COVID hit, like all, all of them just got canceled, you know, it was with big boy deep. And it was like, we we're just about to like get right back into it with him, just launching him, focusing on him. And just because of COVID, just everything got canceled, you know, which sucks, but it's like not in anybody's control. So what's your response to that? Are you going to just start creating more more videos, more content that, that doesn't require you being in the same physical space as the fans? Yeah, yeah. Like that that doesn't stop regardless of if there's sh- like shows or not shows, right? Like, but the, the, the other shitty, well, it's not really a shitty, well, actually it is because Big Boy Deep is from New Jersey, and like because the border is closed, he can't come over. Because usually, like he'll fly through, or he'll just drive here. It's about an eight-hour drive, or he'll just fly like an hour. Like because the thing is, like the vibe or whatever you create in the studio, it, it, it's gonna be different than him just sending me the vocals from his studio. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're we're making it work for sure, but like definitely. It'd be better if we're like you know me, Sunny, Big Boy, and whoever else is in the studio just vibing out, jamming. Like it's a different experience. Like the the quality, the output would be a lot better, right? But yeah. not to say that that's not good either. But it's just like it's like it's a, it's a different it's a different thing, you know. So, but yeah, we're we're doing, it. doing like like doing Zoom sessions and and. I guess it's you know what it's probably different because you already have a chemistry with with, yeah. with Big Boy Deep. Whereas if he were a new artist, it might be a little different as a dynamic. Yeah. Uh, let me ask some of the questions from the chat. So 
how does someone contact you or Brown Boys to, to work uh, in any of the of the ways that you said people can work with you? Yeah, man. No, it, it, it gets kind of crazy just because, like, like, through email and DMs, like, I have so many people hitting me up, like, every day. Like, I can't even keep up. That's why I just... Right now, it's like a little like a little weird right now, just because like it's just it's kind of it's overwhelming. I would say just to like hit every single person back, because like the, that's the thing you gotta you gotta know how to weave through, right? So it's like I, I know these days like everybody wants to be a singer, everybody wants to be like a lyricist, and it's like like I don't think anybody really has the time and day to just go so you know what i mean like listen to every single thing and then determine though if this is doable you know what i mean so it's like i think the reason for that is also because of covid you know what i mean like because most of the times we'll have these artists that are interested come by to the studio and stuff like that but it's a little scary right now just because like they're seeing the second wave of covid is coming so it's like i don't want to like risk anything you know what i mean so that's why it's just usually me in the studio just working on like my projects that I got to finish up. But the, yeah, honestly, I would say the best way is just to hit my email or like uh, brownboysrecords at gmail.com. You know what I mean? And I do check my Gmail more so than I check my DMS. So the main thing is like, you got to send me something to listen to. You can't just hit me up and be like, Hey bro, I want to work. What do you charge? Like, you know what I mean? Like you, I got to hear something, you know, whether it's like, like a previous song you've released or you sing, sing something for me. So, you know, I'll, I'll you know, it's up to me to determine if I want to move ahead with that or not. Right. So. So here's a question. What's one thing every song must have for it to be solid. That's a hell of a question. <laughs> what is the one thing every song want for it to be solid? I mean, it, it's different for everybody, right? It's like, what are you trying to like? What What are you trying to achieve? Like, what is your personal taste or the sound you want to create, right? So it's like, what's solid for me might not be solid for somebody else, right? It's just like, what what kind of genre of music are you doing? What kind of vibe are you trying to bring, right? Because, like, like I would say, a lot of my songs have, like I was saying earlier, like that that dark uh, vibe. Um, that that bass heavy like for me i would say it has to have the 808s the 808 slides for it to be solid for me but sometimes some people don't don't like that or they, they to them it sounds like noise like you know what i mean like so it just depends right but for me definitely like the 808 slides is something i i definitely for me would make it more solid or for me it just sounds empty or it just doesn't doesn't hit you know what i mean yeah, and I think it's different too. So you're working in a different way um, than I think most producers, because most producers are maybe I shouldn't say most produce, but a lot of people are making beats by themselves in a room by themselves and submitting them to artists. So they're trying to make the beat as catchy as possible. Whereas in a situation <clears throat> where you're with the artist and the artist is writing with you your beat can actually like you were saying it's it's catering to the to the lyrics and you're building the beat around the lyrics so if the lyrics are already catchy 
you don't necessarily have to add a top line melody to the to the beat. You can just stick with the chord progression and build around it. So I think I think different situations call for different approaches. Would, would that be fair to say? No, no, that's absolutely right. Right, and every 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 song is, is a different vibe, right? So most definitely, it's just what is your approach? What do you want it to sound like? And then you go about it like that, right? Um, that's like because the thing is for me, a lot of people like we're wanting um, like songs or music like so high, but it's like I like once you make that one song, it's hard to like make something like similar to that again, you know. And a lot of people were like, "Yo, bro, you gotta make me something like so high, like you gotta do something like that." But it's like we could do some like something else, right? It's just that's the thing, right? You you never know what's gonna resonate with the people, right? And it's like maybe that same song, if I dropped it now, might not have hit as hard as it did at that time. Or if I had dropped that same song, maybe a few years earlier than it was supposed to, maybe it wouldn't have resonated. Like no no one knows this, right? You you just gotta make what you internally like the music you want to make. Like if you're yourself sitting at home working on music and you're satisfied, like, yo, this is like, I love this. And you keep listening to it. Like you want to listen to it over and over again. Like just sit back and keep playing the beat. And you're like, yo, this is crazy. Then, you know, you you're onto something, you know what I mean? So. All right. How, how does it feel? <laughs> Cause this is just a unique feeling. Not, not many producers can say that they've influenced an entire era. Um, I mean, you're working with a very specific population, a very specific demographic, but it's clear to see your influence internationally within the last three years within just the Punjabi rap um, world. And you're, you're hearing a lot of, because before you, before Brown Boys, before So High, that style of beat really wasn't popular in that musical space. Um, it's a very different sound. And now you're seeing the images change. You're seeing the sound change. You're seeing producers trying to duplicate your, your sound. Just how does that feel, number one? And, you know, how, how does that influence how, you're, how you move forward with your own branding from, from this point on? I mean, it feels great. You know what I mean? Like, what you know, they say, what is that? Mimic, mimicry is like the highest form of flattery, like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't want to take full credit for, for, you know what I mean? Like changing the sound or, you know, or, or bringing that into it. Like there was some other people, uh, you know, doing their thing as well. So I don't want to take full, full credit, but like, and I, it, it feels good, like to be able to do that. Like if something, whatever I had set out at a younger age that actually came to fruition, like, like it, it feels awesome. And, Moving forward, like like I said, you just gotta stay true to yourself. Like, I feel like the quality of my music has gotten better, obviously, throughout the year. But I feel like the same energy, the same like sounds that I personally like, like that I wanted to capture in my music, it's still there from the beginning. You know what I mean? So it's like you gotta set out like what 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 do you want your sound to be like? Like for me, like. I don't really like, cause I, like whatever is commercial right now in the hip hop world, like 
it doesn't always resonate or work well with Punjabi because the thing is with 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 rap, you can have different um, BPMs, right? Different tempos that a rapper could do the double time or spit fast or slow, right? With Punjabi, it's like you have a certain range. I'm not saying people aren't experimenting and, and, and trying to do that. Like, for example, if, if you have that, like the drill, like a drill type beat, right? Like it's, it's tricky to pull it off in the Punjabi, um, in the Punjabi scene, just the way, like when they're singing, it's like from, I would say it's from like, like a good range is like 80 to 90 BPMs. I would say, you know what I mean? But then you, what if, you know, you're, 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 you have a, a crazy beat. It's at like 127 or like, that's like more like, you know, what's kind of in now, like um, that kind of the, 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 the tempo of that, but it'll be harder for a, a Punjabi artist to kind of flow on that. You know what I mean? So it gets kind of tricky, but it, it, it's doable. So moving forward, like, like I said, you just got to stick to like what you, know best and definitely try to experiment and try new things you know what i mean so here's a here's a question um from bufa did you ever have a a situation where your copyright was infringed or you had to legally prove ownership of a beat and then how did you deal with that i think we're running out of time so that's probably the last uh the last question um yeah, no, I have I've had to um, deal with that like quite recently. <laughs> um, so sometimes what happens is sometimes the distributor like takes longer to distribute your song, and sometimes you put out the video before <laughs> the audio is actually distributed. So you you can run into issues where somebody will rip the audio off <laughs> and distribute. it right illegally like this this tends to happen and like i what you gotta do you just gotta go to spotify or apple and just you know put in an infringement claim and let them know what's going on right and they'll they'll definitely help remove you know the illegal song that's been uploaded you know what i mean so i mean everything is made so easy so like I said, all the tools and everything you need is just, everything's just online now, right? So, well, once again, appreciate your time. Appreciate you sharing all the insight and experiences. Well, what's the best way for people to contact you? What's the best way for people to follow you? What's the best way for people to check out the the newest Brown Boys music? Um, yeah. So the best way to reach me through the email brownboysrecords at gmail You know, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, Big Bird Pro B Y G B Y R D P R O, and you know subscribe to our uh, Brown Boys Record YouTube channel for like our latest music that we put out. So we got more Big Boy Deep songs coming real soon. And uh, another thing, uh, Payne, I was gonna ask you like, I I know about Beat Stars, but like, you want to tell me a little bit how that all works because I haven't really gotten a chance to really look into that. Maybe that could be something new I look into. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it changed my life. And there were a lot of people actually at the beginning of the conversation asking if you were on BeatStars, probably because they want to listen to your beats. Um, let me let me uh, put you in touch with some people after this and, and see um, if we can get you on board with that. 
Because okay. certainly, I mean, I know you have all the, the beats in the world and you probably, I mean, make a, a lot of these all the time. And uh-huh. it's great to have an outlet for that. Oh, yeah, I know for sure. Because I, I think I think you were saying the same thing, too, like in your tweets earlier. You said like you were kind of like shied away from like putting your beats online for anybody to hear, you know, because you kind of wanted it more like exclusive kind of thing. And I'm yeah. kind of like in that same mentality. So that's I was wondering, like, when that changed for you to be like, yo, like, you know what I mean? It changed for me when I so actually the shirt I'm wearing is from the Beat Star Summit. Um that, that that changed my mentality. That was that was a few years ago. I went to A3C and Beat Stars actually hired me to moder I w I wasn't really selling beats on Beat Stars. I had some, but I didn't I didn't take right. it as seriously as I should have. And so I moderated some panels and I was talking to the producers and I was asking them really straightforward questions like how are you selling beats you know what what kind of emails are you sending out what kind of customer data are you using what what do you and all of their answers were really honest and straightforward so it didn't feel like the industry number one because a lot of people in the industry don't want to just be that forthcoming with information and then afterwards all there was this whole group of beat stars top sellers and they're all together in a studio session they invited me so i came through my laptop was broken. I was really depressed because I couldn't make music with them. I saw just their work ethic. It wasn't like a studio session where everyone was getting drunk or high or whatever. They're just making beats and talking. And then they were they started comparing their sales. And they're like, yeah, I just did 1.7, you know, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a um, bulk deal this Friday, a flash sale. I'm probably going to hit, you know, 5,000. I'm just like, how? Are you serious? So after that moment, I just kind of kept networking with these producers and you know some of them actually all of them i work with to this day um so the people in the room were like beat demons dream life um who i got like five or six placements with this year um uh dylan graham the crates who i just talked to this morning uh who i think they went diamond in germany recently and just went platinum in the united states for the first time for a joiner lucas record jamaican and a couple others so that changed my life and then i also and no cash money ap wasn't there that time or maybe he was but he wasn't at the session yeah no you're right i did i think i met him that time um but i was just seeing number one how these guys were working that the music was was at a higher level and they were creating income for themselves that I wouldn't even have thought existed. And it was more than what I was getting. And it was more than what a lot of people in my position who had placements who might've had plaques, but you know, didn't have hit singles were getting. So I was like, I like being independent. I like not having to beg the labels to pay me on time. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, it gets frustrating. So I just spent more time learning and networking within that community. And, um, Funny enough, the more I focused on um, branding myself online so that I could get my beats to unsigned artists all across the planet, the more attention I was getting, um, the, the more, I guess you could say, branding power I was I was building for myself. So everything you were saying, you know, the, the more you brand yourself, 
the, the, the better negotiation position you're in when, when something else happens. Like I, there are placements that come where I'm like, I don't like these terms. I'm not going to do it. Whereas 10 years ago, I was like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Cause I need this. And it just, it changed my whole approach, honestly. And it, and I think what I was saying was ironically, the more I did that, the more placements I started getting, the more opportunities I started getting just cause my brand was stronger. My reach was, was wider and my network was was way bigger and I was working with the right people. Right, right, right. No, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I'm definitely gonna look into that and and we'll we'll speak about this after this uh interview for sure. Oh, my bad, I was muted. I'll just send you a DM about yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, we'll we'll get an email chain going. Um yeah, man. Once again, thank you so much for your time. We'll we'll talk uh quite a bit yeah i want to send you some samples i've been making a lot of samples lately with, with some okay people. i know for sure you'll send them over for sure but yeah man thank you thank you for having me you know what i mean shout out beat stars and uh yeah man let's get it all right man appreciate you shout out to everyone that's tuned in shout out to everyone asking questions this will be archived i'm definitely going to re-upload this to my youtube channel as well but it'll be on beatstars.world it'll be on the beatstars youtube um, you know, clips will be posted to the various channels and so forth. So you know what to expect. Uh, once again, I'm DJ Payne One. Shout out to Big Bird. Shout out to Beat Stars. We'll be back uh, next week, Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. This is the Music Entrepreneur Club.